The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching! In this podcast, we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Toria Bono. I am a year four teacher in a large junior school on the South Coast, and I am the host of the podcast Tiny Boys Talks. And I'm Helen. I'm a teacher currently in a mixed reception year one class, um, teaching in Buckinghamshire. And today we are exploring what maths we can teach with a stupendously silly folktale from Russia. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Fish in the Forest. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the magnificent Mario Coelho, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. There are even some tips there for telling the story yourself and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, as well as extra lesson ideas that we maybe didn't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Toria as we begin counting up our turnips with uh, the farmer and his wife. Um, if, if we go for um, the mathematics here for ages 7 to 11 first, Toria, could you take us through that? Oh, you're, you're asking me because I'm like really happy with the maths I found for this. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw this out to both of you. Four friends each have a different piece of gossip. They are all in separate locations and communicate only via their phones. So what is the smallest number of text messages that they need to send between each other to guarantee that everyone knows all the gossip? Now, I'm not going to put you on the spot to answer that. But basically, the maths I've got is all linked to that question and so basically you've got that, you've then got, um, mm. you know, slightly different versions of it. You've then got moving on to phone calls. Actually, what about if it's going to phone calls and there's um, in, in a phone call between two friends, each friend can share what they know with the other. So th- that changes it slightly. Then you've got a group with eight friends. So it's a really <laughs> lovely. So is it the idea that they've, they've all got some gossip to share? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, right. And it's and basically it's a mass investigation to work out. And I love doing these mass mm. investigations with key stage two children because you can get loads of pieces of paper and, and and children come at it in lots of different ways. Some children will actually create have different pieces of paper equaling each person. Some people will be doing diagrams. Some people will be. It's amazing <laughs> the way people work out. Now the great thing is. And this is for, you know, those year six children that you think, goodness, can I stretch them any further? Actually, there is an algebraic formula for it. Indeed. So when you get onto it, there is an algebraic formula. Now, I have actually put the article in there with all the answers as well. You'll be pleased to know. So you'll be able to see all of that because I think it's, it's a really great investigation and when I read through it I was like oh my gosh yes this is brilliant (laughs) because I know having done these sort of investigations with key stage two children it really brings maths 
to life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm so excited about my maths and gossip, everyone. <laughs> and it's lovely when they go and um, create algebra formulas for um, mm. for for things that you you actually would like to know. Like I can remember <laughs> seeing the formula for you know the chances of life on other planets, and you know the chances that there mm. are aliens in, in the universe. Basically, mm. um, it's brilliant when they put those sorts of things together, and you can say, look, here's maths that's yeah. about things that we actually like <laughs> yeah but we'll definitely put that formula and and some of those ideas in the resources um that go out for epic educators thanks for those toria do you do you have your own answer though oh, i'm not sharing that on air <laughs> got to go and pick sorry we, we can always stage, always edit eh? it out you know <laughs> no. i'm there with all the answers i know them all <laughs> Yeah, it would be it would be a week's worth of basically investigations because there's an awful lot to each one because you've got various days. The children could then actually, if you want to extend it further, they can create their own investigations and they can see if the um, algebraic formula that they've created applies or whether they need to create a new algebraic formula. So there's a lot to it. You could really do a whole thing just on you know investigations of I think are rarely. They're not done enough. I agree. Mm. Yeah, and it could even be tested, couldn't it? You know, you could could actually yeah. um, have four different children, give them each a separate piece of gossip, and see how long it takes <laughs> for them all to mm. to get it to each other. But I think, yeah, and it is. It's it's about that. You know, actually, how do they go about it? And with some classes, you'll you'd need to go right back to the beginning, teaching them how to investigate. Yeah. With other classes, they would know what to do. But if I did it with my year four class. We'd actually have to look at, okay, so if you've got four people, we need to label them A, yep. B, C, D. Mm. We need to let, you know, A talks to B, A talks to C, A talks to D. Do you know what, Toria? I, hearing you describe this, I've, I've wondered whether you could actually combine it with one of the English ideas that we were talking about yesterday, the, mm-hmm. the innovation yeah. of, of stories. And set your children a task of if one person innovates a different part of the story each time, how long will it be before the whole story is completely new. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think they'd need to cover the rest of the investigation thing first. I definitely think that would be the extension. Mm. I think you'd need to put in parameters such as how many innovations there are going to be. But I think that's quite something. Well, that, that would be for them to discover as well. Surely, as they're doing their literacy side of it, discovering how many um, mm-hmm. innovations they could make. And then, yeah, see how long it would be before you do end up with a completely new story. Mm. Yeah. If we head down, though, towards the ages four to seven, um, where where have you taken us with this one, Helen? In quite a very different direction, as you'd imagine. (laughs) My brain is a little tired from all the talk of algebraic formulas. So let me bring us back to fish and treasure and turnips uh, for the three ideas I've got. So these are three quite discrete mathematical-based ideas all all linked to the story. Um, Hmm. The first one is to do with finding. I've called it finding the fish, but it's really finding anything. And it's all to do with positional language. Um, Ah, So in the early years, we're learning how to describe the position of items underneath, on top of, next to, beside, at the top, at the bottom, opposite, all of this positional language. And so I thought we could start that outdoors, if the weather permits, Hmm. with a bit of a treasure hunt for the children. You can have images of fish and sausages and other things that you've hidden around the outdoor area, but hidden hidden very specifically. You know, you've thought about mm-hmm. where exactly where they are. And then you give the children some clues, you know, go and find something that's underneath a log or um, at the top of the climbing frame. So then they, yeah. they're using all that positional language. Um, mm-hmm. And then to build on that, 
the children then can play the game themselves where they're hiding items and describing where they are to friends all with you involved as the teacher of course because you're listening in and you're assessing what they know and you're help you're supporting them and modeling the language so a lot of um playing about with hiding items and using positional language mm. and then sort of going into key stage one you could give them a pre-prepared map of a forest or, or anywhere really and then two different ways you could do this you could have the instructions for them so draw a fish on a branch or draw some sausages inside a oh inside a what would it be inside inside a something inside a hole <laughs> inside, <laughs> inside a, a log inside yeah. a log inside a hole in the ground so then they're applying <laughs> their positional language or you could do it the other way round where they draw all the items and then have to write sentences using the language you could have yeah. sentence starters for my year ones i probably have the sausages are and then they finish it off just because we don't want mm. writing to get in the way of maths, um, <laughs> which it can do if you try and get children to write as part of their maths lesson in the early years. Mm. And so that would be the one activity um, that would take yeah, a, couple, a couple of days, I think a couple of maths lessons to get all the language there. And then a very simple activity is to do with making treasure. I think later on, I'll be talking about using tre- the treasure in this story for various projects but in terms of maths a very very simple link is to make 2d shaped treasure very simple link but oh, effective okay. just instead of just teaching children 2d shapes um, they're making treasure using 2d shapes and that way there's just a bit more discussion around it they're a bit more invested in it because they're making treasure and you're just i mean talking not just coins here but like gemstones as yeah. well i presume yeah, yeah. hexagonal gemstones yeah. and octagonal rubies and all of those things <laughs> And that's a great activity to stretch from reception up to year two, because depending on the shape you're introducing them to and the children's knowledge already. Yeah. So that's a, a simple link, but worth doing as part of this story, I think. And then the final link is to do with turnip fields. Um, I've been doing multiplication and division with my year ones recently. And in year one, it's it's all about using concrete objects to make equal groups, um, yeah. share out equally, um, and also to uh, make arrays. Um, so like equal rows, a, a very neatly arranged equal rows. So I thought turnip, the mm-hmm. idea of turnip fields would be a good a good link here, mainly in in year one and year two. So you set children a problem. You know the the farmer planted his turnips four rows of turnips with five turnips in each row. How many turnips does he have? Yeah. And they're creating that using counters and drawing it. So a, a simple way to to teach children about multiplication and arrays. Fantastic. And sharing out, you know, division. You know, the farmer has got 25 turnips. He's very kindly sharing his turnips between between five <laughs> of his friends because they love turnips. <laughs> as as most of your children will after the uh, English activity will, from yesterday. They will either love turnips <laughs> or they will be very tired of turnips. <laughs> That's sadly all we have time for today, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the farmer and his wife will help us teach science. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! Cheerio. And And we we hope hope to hear hear your your story story soon. soon!